The Back Porching Podcast is brought to you in part by Legacy Now. Legacy Now is a ministry I lead that exists to serve those who serve others. Through Legacy Now, I get to honor serving churches and leaders all across the country, typically in the student ministry world. For more info on Legacy Now and to find all my social media channels, head on over to LegacyNow.me. That's LegacyNow.me. Hey y'all, man, I'm so excited about this episode of Back Fortune. I've got one of my really good friends that I've known for a long time hanging out with us tonight, and I think you're really just going to enjoy getting to know him and hanging out with him like I do all the time. He's uh, We get to hang out a lot because we serve a church together, we're in the same men's group, and actually met this cat back in when he was in high school quite a few years ago. So let me introduce you to my friend, Chris Fitzgerald. Chris, what's up? What's up, Jesse? Thanks for having me on the back porch. Heck yes, nice. man. Glad you're here. You're here all the time, so uh-huh. it's good to capture some of this. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so Chris Chris and I met, uh, you probably you might hear me say this a couple of times, Chris and I met when you were in high school. Yep, I was a quiet, not talkative. But say you said about 10 words in a couple of years, I knew you. Yeah, which is funny because I make fun of a kid that I let in a small group for not talking much. 100%. And like, it's funny to see it come full circle. It's like, oh yeah, that was me. That was me. Really cool. But it's been fun over the years just connecting and you started serving at the church we, we both serve at and then now we serve in the same role together and it's, uh, man, we, we're having a blast together right now. It's a fun season. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's really cool. <laughs> so, uh, man, I'm excited about people getting to know you because you've got one of the coolest hearts, man, and a really cool story. I'll give you a super quick version of Chris and I want him to, to let you know about him. Chris actually grew up in metro Atlanta. In, in a city north of Atlanta, close to Alpharetta, which is kind of home base for me. And Chris is an African American fella. I don't know if you knew that or not. Did you know? Oh, black. Yeah, you're black. Um, <laughs> breaking news. Um, Chris grew up in a majority white ish, yeah, culture. Yeah. And uh, you grew up in that world, and then you went to Georgia. Now you volunteer at a majority white church. Yep. For your job, you work with a ministry with inner city kids. Yep. And inner city churches, inner city ministries, we'll talk about that. And so I just, Chris has this unbelievable perspective on culture and race and faith. And he just, he's in the trenches of different areas of life. And I love his perspective. And he has great observations. And uh, like most of us, Chris knows he's not right. He's just watching and he's asking questions and he's observing and he's living in this world and wrestling with life and faith. and. I think he's got a cool thing to share with us. So, Chris, tell us a little, just a little, I know I gave the overview, but anything yeah. kind of about yourself. Um, so, it's interesting. So, one of my, when people ask me to tell my story, one of my favorite things to tell them is, like, from first grade to ninth grade, I went to a different school every year. Um, and so, just constant transition. And it wasn't anything other than, that's just how it happened. Changing schools um, for a particular reason, or we were moving. That's just kind of how it worked out, and then going from elementary school to middle school, you're changing schools anyway, so it just, timing-wise, it's, it's a really interesting thing. How was that on your, like, identity? Yeah, it's, it's, it, it's funny. Middle school's we, weird enough as it is. It like is. Meeting new people. Everyone's with, awkward in middle school, yeah, but then every year when you're just reintroducing yourself, and you're still trying to figure out who you are, um, that was a constant theme throughout my life, where... I was constantly, I realized I was constantly adjusting to my surroundings. Yeah. I just had to fit in. Just survive in advance. Survive in yeah. advance. Almost like NCAA tournament. Like <laughs> survive, survive in advance. Of course, there you go. Yep, I, ha- I had to throw in the basketball. I know, I like it. I like Jason it. loves basketball, by the way. He's one of my favorite sports. Can't get enough of it, really. <laughs> um, on right now. 
But it was funny because, like, growing up, I, I was actually born in Marietta, lived on the south, southwest side of Atlanta. So before I even got to Alpharetta, I lived in Marietta, um, southwest Atlanta, Jacksonville, Orlando. Dang. Um, gone to a bunch of different schools. Went to school. on One of my schools was on a beach. Like, Let's go. Jack's Beach Elementary School. Um, we drove 45 minutes every day to go to school. So, like, I... It, it was very, very interesting growing up, and then when I came to Alpharetta around seventh grade, and then finally in high school got to finish out four years at the same school. Um, I think that was just nuts. It was, it was weird. Yeah. It was weird. Did you get, like, tired of senior buddy again? <laughs> I, no, no uh, I hit senior at his sophomore year. I was like, I'm done with these people. I think you still like, have it. I think I still have senior yeah, yeah. and it's, it might be just something I'm just going to have to deal with the rest <laughs> of my life. <laughs> But like I, I, I like change. I like, and maybe that I was just conditioned to do that. But it's, it's been very helpful for me yeah. as I've just assessed where I've come and like even my personality now. Yeah. It's it's useful because cool. like I, I feel like I can, I can walk into most spaces. You said earlier, you know, I'm I'm working, you know, Monday through Lin- Monday through Friday, Monday through Wednesday, Monday through Friday. <laughs> In my mind. <laughs> Monday through Friday, you know, concentrating on helping churches and 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 people with less resources trying to continue to push the kingdom of god continue to push you know um social justice and just get equality and things like that and then on the weekends i'm spending time you know in in the fluent area with a church with a lot of resources and still pushing for those same things yeah and it's funny because i'm seeing so many similarities and i'm laughing to myself as i hear people talk about different things and different sides of different perspectives and i'm like Y'all are talking about the same thing. And we've talked about that so many times back here on the back porch, man. And that's one of the reasons I wanted to have this conversation. Because you have that perspective of the mega church and the inner city church. Yeah. It's fascinating, man. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, real quick, t- tell a little bit of just your journey, your faith journey. Kind yeah. of that. Just so people kind of know where you're coming from. Yep. And you're- um, so, grew up in, uh, I guess, the quintessential Christian story. Grew up in a Christian home. Parents, um, very instrumental in my life. Mm-hmm. And just constantly, I, I, I've grown up in church. Um, I grew up going to Southern Baptist, Southern Baptist Praise Black Church, African American Church. You know, my brother, just, let's we're, go. We're, we're in church for three hours. And yeah. then, you know. Bring a sandwich. Seventh grade on, I'm, you know, going to North Point, you know, where I'm, 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 I'm out in an hour hour and a half yeah and so i've gotten experience both spectrums of church which has been really really cool but so i've pretty much grown up in church my whole life and so in some ways and it's even weird to kind of say this sometimes but like i i knew the christian game mm-hmm. and so when i as i look back on my especially high school college years it's like i knew how to fake it i knew how to yeah, be the christian totally. guy and i knew what to say I, I, you know people you were the only one though, yeah so yeah nice. I, was, I was one of the few oh wait <laughs> Um, you know, I could pull a Bible verse if I needed to, whatever. And so, um, but it was, it, it's funny because um, Andy always talked about, you know, the reason that we do student ministry is to create an anchor for high school yeah. students where the, they're probably going to waver at some point or another, but you're creating that anchor so they only waver so much. And I think my story is exactly that story. Yeah. Of It was so embedded in me from the day I was born by my parents. Mm-hmm. And then they surrounded me with, they constantly surrounded, put me in um, environments where I was going to church, surrounded with people who loved me and loved God and like pushed me in that direction and brought me to a church where they push small groups and, 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 and mentorship. And, and it's, and it's interesting because, you know, me, uh, you know, I, I kind of think about things differently than most people. And so like, I've always kind of had this mindset of like, 
I'll figure it out. I got it. And I grow. I go to. I go to a church where they're pushing small groups, and like I have a small group leader, so mm-hmm. I have a mentor in my life. And I get into college, and I'm like, all right, I got this. I don't need a mentor. Like I'm good. Yeah. And I'm just gonna kind of and like I, you know I know the game. But you never said that out loud. But you never never said that. No, no, yeah. never said. What? What? Yeah. No. How can no? No. no I'm a Christian. I'm supposed to be humble. Yeah. yeah. You don't talk about things like that. Um, and just, and then as I started to, I remember it perfectly. And, um, I was in a bar downtown Athens and I'm like staring and I'm looking around and people are having a great time. Everyone's having a great time. And I'm just like, man, for a lot of these people, this is going to be, this is going to be those moments where I'm like, man, those are the, some of the greatest moments of yes. my life. And I'm sitting there like, I know there's more. Hmm. And it's not even in a judgmental yeah. or a, it's more just like. This like is fun. More at the bar or more to life? There, there's more to life. I mean, there's, there's, <laughs> there's more everywhere if you, if you have the eyes for it. <laughs> but um, but it was more to, more to life. And, and it's not to say that I wasn't having a good time or whatever. But it was just, yeah. and it, was, it wasn't judgment one way or the other. It was totally. just like, I know that there, I, I took a mission trip with my family. And the joy I saw being able to serve in the Dominican Republic. And not just because I got yeah. to take pictures and post it on Instagram. But because... I connected with some guys there about we were playing basketball and we talked about Michael Jordan and because I was black and they were dark they thought that I knew Michael Jackson because they thought oh. all black people knew each other in America. I mean just like like little stories <laughs> like like oh, like little stories <laughs> hilarious awesome. like that be, like things like that that I get to reminisce on and like say like I ha- like only whether it's I go to Dominican Republic again or Costa Rica or some of these trips I've been on or or go to some of these cities that I've gotten to go with different jobs I've had like there are people I've gotten to connect with in ways and love them for who they are and where they're at and like whether I got to share Christ with them or serve them or whatever like I got to connect with a person and I've gotten to cherish so many of those moments where I'm seeing God in that because I get to see the humanity in people based on who they are and yeah. how God created them be not whether or not they believe in God that that's not for me to judge and event hopefully I'll get to be able to speak that into somebody's life but more so just saying man look at the beautiful things that you do that's God in you whether you believe in yeah. God or not and like getting to experience God like that it's been a fun journey of saying like man there's more to life than just doing the little things yeah. here and there but I just get to kind of go on for the ride cool so Chris and I are wired the same way which <laughs> is a good and bad thing because I'm further down the road, so I'm always calling him on things. Mm-hmm. But uh, which we're is not both, always fun for me. Which is <laughs> we're both wired super relationally, and so you're saying that, man. I, I see God through serving people mm. and through relationships. Like mm. you and I are not the guy who needs to spend all day in a theology book. Yeah, I love theology. Yeah. Comma. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you, my brain gets the capacity pretty quick. Right. Right. <laughs> but you put me around people and my heart comes alive and I see God and I experience God through serving because that's how God's wired us. Other mm-hmm. people might not be wired that way but that's mm-hmm. how you and I are wired. Mm-hmm. Which is pretty cool. Mm-hmm. So now you work for an incredible ministry called Desire Street Ministries. Tell yep. you a little bit about that. Kind of that journey. Um, so it's, it's it's a really cool story. Um, started out with a guy named Mo Leverett who um, just had a heart for the disenfranchised. And so heard about this community, Ninth Ward in New Orleans and just decided I'm just going to show up and like have a Bible study and have pizza. Yeah. And just just fell in love with the community, learned the needs of the community, eventually um, created an organization that um, found a need to create a school for that neighborhood. So they did that. And as they're just plugging along, doing all the things that you do, starting a school, um, 
and they're really in the midst of it, Hurricane Katrina hits and just devastates that city, that community. Yeah. Um, and when you're one of those communities, like, you know, you hear about the stuff that's going on in like Houston a few couple years ago and just, yeah. like, when a community like that has no resources beforehand and then they hit, hit, get hit like that, Oof. yeah. Um, but what was really cool about Desire Street is, like, they honored their commitment to those kids. They, they sought out each of those kids that were within their school, found them. Um, in different like um, centers where people were holed up and just trying to survive wow. and brought all those kids and like basically had a transient school for a couple of years but uh, tried, graduated all those kids um, and then as they kind of got to this place they um, they had some changes in leadership and realized like man there's so many people out here that are doing good work the original plan was to franchise us out um, let's uh let's partner with the people that are already in the communities already doing the work yeah. come alongside them make sure that they don't burn out and so they kind of changed their mission to really, instead of being on the grounds ministry, come alongside leaders who are doing tough work in some tough neighborhoods yeah. where they're dealing with trauma, um, dealing with a poverty mindset. Um, not People a lot of times talk about poverty as like, oh, just it's a lack of money, lack of resources, but it's it's a it's a mindset. Yeah. It's a it's a lack of hope. It's yeah. a lack of just a, a, a chance to. Call it even like a lifestyle. Yeah, it's a lifestyle. Yeah. yeah. And and like you know, I, I was talking with somebody the other day, and like man, I'm thinking about saving for this and doing this and, like, planning. And I'm like, people in a poverty mindset, they don't even get to plan. They're just like, I hope, where's my next meal coming from? Yeah, totally. I hope, I hope we pay the bills so the lights stay on so we can stay in this house a little bit longer. You don't even have the chance. So it's just, it's been really cool to come to, I came in in this ministry as an intern, and now I've kind of gotten to the opportunity to really serve our partners yeah. and, and, and help plan and manage some of the things yeah. that we're doing for them. Um, so it's been really cool to serve people that are serving a context that um, is often not forgotten, but um, seen in a light that probably... Um, like there's more to the story. There's more to the story. Yeah. Um, yeah. Tell me this, just that just, thought came to my brain as you're talking. It's scary, but I'm going to go there. <laughs> if someone has a poverty mindset and they come to a church, what do they want from a church? Does that make sense? Yeah, no, no, it, it is. And... and because I know you deal with some of these church leaders yeah. who navigate that culture. How do, what is that And like? even in that question, it's an interesting question, yeah. an interesting answer, well, because they don't know what they want hmm. sometimes. Sometimes we have the answers, and they don't know the questions to ask, so you can tell them the answer. Gotcha. And so you'll have people from a poverty mindset come to a church and say, hey, I need this. I need food, water, shelter, a meal, whatever. And yes, that's an immediate need, but what they really need is community. Hmm. What they really need is dignity. What they really need is a chance to serve, not to be served. Gotcha. Um, and so to be seen like a um, like a person who has something to offer versus a charity case. Yeah. Um, that's what they really need, but their their immediate needs are so present and so it's prevalent. Okay. Yeah. That's the only thing that they can see. Um, but if you were to sit down and give them a meal, give them a shower, give them peace, and give them a chance to just sit and talk they would just appreciate the conversation you asking them their name yeah and that's the thing that i've learned um in just being able to serve and watch that and that's been the cool part about my job for the last seven years because i've just gotten to people watch and just learn and just see how to interact with people and ways to do it well ways not to not to say that i know the right way to do it sure. but i've gotten to watch um the different ways that humanity can really 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 just bless and serve people and be just um a, a, a reflection of god for, uh, yeah. for them and and i say reflection because we're not god we're a reflection of sure. god but then i've seen times where we can really let our own stuff get in the way 
and 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 kind of cloud the chance for people to see God in our good intentions. Yeah. Um, and it's wow. it's really sad sometimes, but that's why there's grace. That's why there's redemption, and it's just cool to Boom. see people interact. Yeah. Even despite some of the, I mean, you know, talk about poverty mindset, like a lot of the things we deal with are racial tensions and to see the is way that... Is that like that, a thing right now? I think so, sometimes. Yeah, I don't think uh, really heard about that. But, uh. um, but it's cool to see some... It's cool to see, like, even those be resolved where people, like, have some deep hurts that are done by their friends. Yeah. Yeah. And then they care more about the friendship than their ego, their pride, or their hurt. And so they submit to one another um, and apologize and, 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 and admit that they don't understand... Yeah. And that was a miscommunication, and they choose to meet in the middle versus choose to continue to stay angry, choose to stick to their, you know, their beliefs or what they grew up on. Like, you're seeing people say, hey, you know what, I'm going to leave that at the table because you're more important than X. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's cool to watch some of that happen, and it's not always done well. Those are, the, you know, those stories are few and far between sometimes. Yeah. And you hear a lot more good than bad, but just being able to watch the whole spectrum of it. And just observe it like a case I mean, you've got a really fascinating front row seat to so it, much of that. It, it, yeah, it's interesting. You've had some crazy, <laughs> probably not any for this, but some crazy stories over the years of partners and nav- things they navigate. Just, yeah. Man, you guys are on the front lines of but, serving people who I, really I'll tell are, you what, those, those people that commit their life and put their families in, in, yeah. in the line of fire, put um, themselves, like it's, I have nothing but respect and just admiration for what they do um, but what's really cool is if you talk to any of them it's they don't want the the shine the, the, yeah. they're, they're like like I'm called to this and like it's tough and like and and what's cool about the space that we offer Desire Shoes we give them a space to say hey this sucks sometimes I don't want to do this I don't want to show up and it's cool to be celebrated in a lot of arenas but like there's a lot of heartache and like there's days where I just want to pack it in. It's not worth it. Yeah. But I can't always say that. Because it's not <laughs> tangible work necessarily. Mm-hmm. Like, where it's immediately tangible what you guys are doing. Because yeah. it's the hearts and souls. and mm-hmm. it's, it's prevention a lot of times. Yeah. It's just, hey, just stay just stay on the tracks long enough to see this thing through. Yeah. Barely hanging on sometimes. <laughs> I get it. I mean, honestly, it's the same. I mean, you know, it's mm-hmm. like leading a small group. Yeah. If you judge your small group by the first month of freshmen oh, or sixth graders, you quit. See ya. Because <laughs> you're like, oh, dear Lord, what did I get myself into? Yep. <laughs> but if you stick around and you make the investment, you know, over time, you see, yeah. potentially, you might see some fruit over time. And, and yeah. It's just crazy. You just never know. Yeah. Hey, well, tell me a little bit. We've talked about this a ton back here with friends and, and you and I together. But, <laughs> um, and this is, is, we're recording this now. This is the issue of yeah. the day for a variety of reasons mass shootings or whatever but yeah what's your current feel on the take as a educated well-spoken god-fearing jesus-loving african-american man yeah. what's your take on race in the church or race in america right now or how do you how do you personally view it in a way that as you process what you see going on in the world how does that i'm not it's not a loaded question yeah, yeah, yeah. i just would yeah. love for you to share yeah. hey here's my perspective because i've heard some of it before and I, right. I love i love it and i'd love for you to share that um it's interesting because i so it, it feeds so much into my story my perspective yeah. on race feeds so much into my story because um you know you know different schools or whatever like you know kind of not really know my knowing my own identity so if you think about 
a young black kid who lives on the south side of Atlanta but goes to school in like Buckhead yeah and so like sometimes I feel like a sellout really leaving my community to go get a quote unquote better education wow. and then I'm coming back and I'm talking different and then you know so it's like so that plays into it right yeah um, so as I've grown up if I'm honest with myself the first portion of my life I don't know if I knew really how to appreciate my blackness wow I was just surviving I was the new kid I was usually one of the better kids at sports which played into the stereotype (laughs) (laughs) Um, and and so then I'd have to deal with like and so what's funny is 2019 if I said that right I'm eviscerated you said it's funny right Which, by the way, Chris and I do this all the time. We walk in, we, we hang out with high schoolers at our church, and we intentionally make jokes like that to mm-hmm. see how they react, because we love each other. Yeah. And one of us will make a, a not over the line, but close <laughs> racial joke and see how the kids respond, and they give us that look like, did you just okay say that? Okay. And one of us will act like we're offended, and we'll play it for a minute, and then we're like, guys, we're kidding. Yeah. And I was like, what? Because that's just, that's our world we live in now, and it's sad, but... It, and, and, and the thing is that, like... There's such a beauty to that. Yeah. Also, there's also a slippery slope and danger to that. Yeah. Um, but sure. and what people need to understand is, or not need to understand. I don't know anything. So, but, hear the dogs. Hear the That's dogs. Who let the dogs out? Yeah. <laughs> By Watch the way, out. championship this year. Here we come. Oh man, gosh. I know. I know. I know. I'm not. I'm not putting gosh. bad juju. No, I no. Just, I just. I so. I so <laughs> feel like there's so much potential. Right. Uh, did we play Alabama home next year? Ooh, Came yeah. out today. I'm glad it's not this year. Oh, we played there next year. That's fine. Sorry. We're scheduled. Fine. 2020 schedule came out today. Next year. We're talking Georgia football, by the way, if you don't know what we're talking <laughs> about. Chris and I are both avid college football fans, but oh, yeah. our team that we primarily follow. Yeah. Uh, but going back to this, right, 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 hold on, I'm gonna I'm gonna bring us back. No, you're good. You're so, fine. So the small group, when we do that, like, it's a slippery slope because what they have to realize is. You can make those jokes when you've earned the right to make 100%. those jokes. 100%. I love like that you said that. There's yeah. an investment. There's a, like, you like said if we made game. that like at their first camp freshman year and they didn't know us yet, right? it probably wouldn't have been appropriate. Right. But now we've had four years with these dudes. They know our hearts. They know right. who we are. And the fact that you've known me half my life. Yeah. So like there's n- – and this is what – this goes to the race question and all that stuff and we'll tie it all back whatever, but it's like – there are times where you can probably ask, quote unquote, the dumb question, yeah. or make the joke, um, but you also have to realize that of who's receiving that. And yeah, my intention wasn't bad, but you have to put yourself in the other shoes of like, hey, wait, does this person really know me and know my heart? Hmm. Do they feel like they trust me? Where I can make that joke and they know that. And, and so, like, and so all that to say, like, you've known me for how old am I? Sixteen years. <laughs> <laughs> 16 years and like and so like I have no doubt in my heart that you love me and that you're for me and so and there's a and we crossed that threshold a very long time ago yeah so it's like making that joke is nothing yeah but on the outside and and I and honestly but if we didn't have that relationship it wouldn't work but I love doing it anyway because it rubs (laughs) people the wrong way and you know I like doing that I know you do but it also it's a teaching moment because like hey guys you know why we can make this joke and we do that. Well, and like, we hey, we've that. known each other a long right. time, and we kid around, but we right. also love and trust each other, and mm-hmm. that's a good point. Yeah, yeah. that's good. Yep. Which ties into your question Here about race. Let's go. Bring it. I told you we bring it. I know it you would. You're great at this. I love it. 
Um, so growing up how I grew up, always kind of being in two different worlds, I never felt like I belonged. And so I was, it was interesting because when I was in a predominantly white context, I was listening. You don't, you can't, don't, literally in the back of my head, and I don't even know if I really thought these words yet, but there's some form of this, like, don't be the angry black guy. Yeah. Don't, like, all right, they said that, they didn't mean that, I'm new here, I want to, like, just survive in advance. Like, don't, like, take, like, all right, they called me an Oreo, they say I don't talk black. (sighs) They don't know what they mean. Like, it was literally, it was a lot of grace that I probably, I can't take credit for having. Yeah. Like, that, that's God in me doing stuff in me before I even knew I that mean, God yeah. was doing stuff in me and all that stuff. Like, Which is sad, there's expectations. Like, if someone would say, you don't talk black enough. Right. There's expectations of what a black person should talk like. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, But what's funny is, you get it from both sides. Yeah. Because I would get it from the black community, like, you talk too white. <laughs> gotcha. So, like, I was literally catching it from both sides. So, for a... For a while, I hated the space I was in. Yeah, because I was like, I can't catch a break. I'm, I'm can't like, make anybody happy. Yeah, no, yeah. Like, who am I? Like, what? Screw this. Like, whatever. And so that's played into my perception on race because, like, in for a period of my life, I didn't belong either place. So I was kind of a nomad. Um, and so now, when I look at race relations and everything, like, I've listened. I've I've heard enough from the white context yeah. uh, from like their frustrations because I've had to sit in so many contexts where they felt comfortable saying it around me but didn't yeah. really know I'm listening and so, <laughs> and they're so, kind of interested to see how you react to what right, they're going to say but I'm, I have a poker face on yeah. so I'm not giving them anything so they think it's safer but it's like you, you don't know I'm just gathering more intel and just learning yeah. and then I go to another context and I'm hearing all the well, white people are this and they suck and da 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 but I'm like Okay, like, I've definitely seen that, but I've also met some that are awesome. Yeah. And so, I I never really, t- I took everything with a grain of salt. Isn't it funny how you, like, I, I was in a situation recently where someone was commenting about something going on, and I know the inside of the story, uh-huh. and I found myself getting defensive, and I'm not a part of it. Right. But I know the people who are a part of who are receiving the blame, and it's not their fault. hmm And I found myself wanting to bow up and be defensive for them. Yeah. And it's not even my story. Yeah. But I just know the situation. We're like, no, no, that's not true. That's not what happened because I don't want them to take the blame mm-hmm. for something that's not their fault. Yeah. And I just shut up and kind of like whatever. I'm yep. But in the moment, I got like real frustrated because yeah. I'm like, man, I don't want you saying that about them. Right. I know them. I know their heart. I know what they're trying to do. Right. Comma. But at the same time, it's, you know, it's just a weird mm-hmm. season right now to figure out what's the right, when's the right time to have that conversation and who yep. they are. And, and so for so long in my life, I just shut up. Yeah, I shut up. I get that. <laughs> I, I really did. You've really had a really cool awakening the last couple of years. It seems like it's been so. Yeah, it's been it's been interesting because the last few years I've started to really accept myself, mm. and so with doing that, I've been able, and it's been through. I can't. It's so much plays into your story, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, I didn't need a mentor in college. I got it, and then God has a sense of humor and he puts me in a position where I have a mentor that like you can't really like not you can't really say like I don't want that guy to mentor me yeah and so I got put in a position where I just got humbled real quick and I just experienced grace experienced um I just got put in a position where I was receiving so much wisdom from different people in different areas of my life 
to where I've just learned to really be comfortable with myself. Yeah. And so as I learned awesome. to be comfortable with myself, I, I learned to be comfortable with who I was. And so not, not fitting in and always kind of feeling stuck in the middle eventually turned into feeling like, hey, I can, I can transition that to being a bridge. I'm used to being in the middle. I can go to that space, and I can go to the so space, good. and I can I can leverage that to connect things so good. for people where they they normally don't. And when you get there, things. dude, it's like freedom and purpose all of a sudden. Oh, it's it, it's fun. Yeah, it's fun, yeah. and like I still don't have it all figured out. I'm gonna mess it up, but like it's fun. Um, and so as I've kind of navigated this race thing, it's been interesting because I've learned to listen, hmm. but not listen in the sense of like oh, okay yeah 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 but listen in the sense of like all right what are you really trying to say yeah. because in my experience i've kind of i've, I've listened enough hmm. i've i've been quiet enough to where like i get where when someone says this and it's not and not say oh i'm projecting anything but it's like when someone says this they're, what they're really asking is this yeah. and so that doesn't tell me oh i need to attack or do anything like that but it's like okay that's where their heart at their heart's at so now that I understand where their heart's at, now I'm listening with totally different ears for the rest of the conversation. And now I'm looking for spaces where I can connect dots for them, or I might need to learn something from them because they have a perspective I haven't mm. heard yet. Wow. Um, so the whole thing on race, it's taught me to just, it's very, very, very humbling. Yeah. And I say that because we're in a space where the trending thing is to hey, we've been, we're white America's kind of saying, like, hey, we've been outspoken for so long, there's this big push to, hey, let's let the black people speak now. We have to listen to them. And now I'm finding my, myself in spaces where people are like, hey, I really want to hear from you. I really yeah. want to hear from you. And I'm learning, even then, when I feel like I, quote, unquote, have all the answers, I'm still challenged to listen. Yeah. And it's super frustrating because there's a times where I'm like, no, I let me just God I got let me just and, he's and like, even Shh. wonder like why do you want to hear from me like, right. what's going on that causes you to want to hear from me right yeah and and so it's I think where our country's at it's it's in a place where if we did more listening and if we did more hey all right I didn't mean it like that and and I'm getting offended that you're getting offended instead of saying like all right instead of me getting offended that you got offended let me think about why you got offended yeah. Let me put myself in your shoes. Take my like. All right, I know I didn't. I I know I didn't intend that, but I wouldn't put it past myself that uh, uh, there's a pastor in Atlanta, uh, Daryl Ford, and he talks about humility in this way that I love. It's like yeah. he, he talks about humility being. Um, I wouldn't put it past myself. Ooh. And so that's like it's 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 that's, grace. Yeah. But you're also still being real with yourself. Yeah, and that's so good. and so as a black guy who's grown up in the South who had to deal with for growing up in a in a, in a space in Alpharetta where everyone knew me so like I was like white people are awesome white people are cool like, I don't know what everybody's talking about <laughs> and then I go you know go to college and I'm out by myself where they don't know me I didn't grow up with their kids and yeah. I'm just another black guy to them and I get treated and I'm like oh no no this is what yeah okay so it's not all this it, there is some truth on both sides so I'm, I'm it opened my eyes and so yeah. I, last year Chris and I were going to a camp in Florida uh -huh. and we stopped at a oh yes small town in Alabama. <laughs> to get some gas and a sandwich uh -huh. and I didn't even think about it and it was kind of a, a more out of their town in Alabama and mm -hmm. we walked in to get a quick bite for lunch 
and people looked at Chris with a uh, evil glare. Is that a way to say it? Like, and they looked at me when we sat down. This whole table of dudes were looking at me, and honestly, we were just thinking. I mean, I was like, "What are you doing with a black guy?" Yeah, that's the look, yeah. and that was the look they gave me. And the whole time they were like staring at us, like, "There's a black guy in our restaurant." Yeah, and and I just was totally like dumbfounded by it. We got in the car. And Chris was like, that happens all the time. Mm-hmm. And when you said that, I thought, oh my gosh. Yeah. For a few moments, I was in your shoes. And I had no idea. Like, that moment for me was yeah. like, my Lord, that's awful. Yeah. Like, that's, like, yeah. I know you. I know who you are. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, there's a part of me that wants to go in there and just rip everyone to 100%. <laughs> we talked about that. Like, man, these guys, jeez. <laughs> but what's, so, what's in it, so this is how, like, you know, we talk about God and how he just permeates everything, right? Yeah. Um, so for me, I, you know, people are, everyone's into the Enneagram now, right? Um, well, here we go. Yeah, here we go. Um, but I'm, I'm not going into the Enneagram, but I'm just going to say I'm it's a two. You, I, I handle with pride. I, I deal with pride. That's, that's one of the issues. So for me, like, pride is, I'm realizing all the different ways that pride bubbles up in me. It's not yeah. the quintessential way pride kind of comes out in people. It's very subtle. So for me, in that moment, it's when I see that happen, I literally have to process, all right, don't show out. Yeah. Don't get cocky. Don't start, like, trying to prove, like, dispel every stereotype. Like, just, like, I, I, I get creative. I, I have fun with it. It's bad. Like, <laughs> if pe- people that know me know the way my mind works, and, like, I've, I find loopholes, and I'm yep. just, I poke Here buttons, I press yep. buttons, and, and it's fun for me. <laughs> but that's a, that's a level of pride yeah. in some ways. And so having to say literally I went through that hole in about 15 seconds that went through my mind and okay. then I had to settle in a place where God had to check me and say you know what I feel bad for the guy, these guys that they don't have a black friend that's, that's the way I felt like I was like man I, it breaks my heart that they don't know yeah 100% but I had to take an arc to get there I get it and that's the interesting part and you saw it. me process it like in real time because right. I had, I'd not right you know, like you're Chris. Like it's not you're. You yeah. know what I mean? Like to me, like I didn't even. I did, the thought didn't even cross my mind when we walked in the restaurant. It was like, wow. Mm-hmm. They don't have black friends. That's weird. Okay. And yeah. it's and and I've had a, and and this is where I think the way I've been brought up and just the spaces that I've been introduced to, it's it's helpful because I've gotten to experience enough of my white brothers and sisters to know yeah. that there are so many great hearts. It's it's not it's not about race. It's about heart. Hundred percent. So, yes. And so I yeah, that'll preach for days. And so I'm. It, it's so cool this perspective I get it because I know the hearts of people and I know that not every not every quote unquote racist comment is malintended. Yeah. It's just sometimes ignorant and I don't mean ignorant in a derogatory way just ignorant in the lack of they don't have black friends when I told you this I grew up the town I I live in now is very uppity well to do Mm -hmm. but it was not that when I was a kid it was small town redneck America yeah and I heard and might have told a couple racist jokes back in the day because they were funny right not and then there was a point at some point post adolescence where I had to realize, man, that's not appropriate. Right. But in the culture I lived in, it was completely acceptable and right. appropriate, and you heard it all the time. Yeah. And then at some point, you realize, like, that's not, that's not. And as I got older and met people who were different than me, yeah. even just by skin color, you realize, man, that was so stupid. Yeah. It might have been funny. Right. 
but there's but a see, lot. what would it look like if we lived in a world where I can hear that and say, you know what, I get that. I get that that you live in a culture where that where that was okay, and you were told that I was okay. Yeah. And you didn't have people tell you, hey, that hurts a lot more than you realize, and so that's not okay. Yeah, and then so flip good. it to what, what would happen to live in a culture say, hey, all right, I know that that issue doesn't really matter to me, so but I'm hearing that for you and people that look like you, that issue is very, very, very important. So you know what? Let me let me hear. It. And so like it's it's in the freaking Bible. We know it, yeah. but it's just, it's, and, and, and honestly, it, it all comes back to my own story, right? Yeah. I've had to realize that there's some things that I don't want to do. There's some truths that I don't want to come to grips with. There's some things that I are uncomfortable for me to yeah. settle with. Gosh. And if I don't invite God into those spaces, I'm going to shun those. I'm going to not treat them well, and they're just going to fester and mold and do some bad things. But if Or I'm, you embrace them. Or I can embrace them, yeah, invite good. God into that space, see actually, see and celebrate the good, and I, and honestly see the good intention even in the bad, but then trust that God's going to redeem all of it if I'm faithful with what I have and just say, hey, you know what, you got it. Take take what my parents taught me, even though all of it was good intended, not all of it was good, and that's no knock on anyone's parents. Take what I was taught in school. Take what even the way I view and see the Bible I want to put all that on the table and say God I want you to transform my heart and my mind and my soul and then I want to live out of that that's so good years and years ago I was at a conference and this African American speaker speaking to students but he said man some of you are going to be really upset when you get to heaven and you realize there's a lot of people here that don't look like you mm-hmm. and if you are trying to build heaven to look like you you're, you're not really following the gospel Yeah. because the gospel is the whole world Yeah. it's not yeah your culture it's it is your culture but it's everyone mm-hmm. like the gospel's for everyone every tribe every tongue every nation and yeah. i just for whatever reason hearing that was like man for in my brain i might have envisioned like a middle class white heaven <laughs> you know because that's what i know yeah. that's what i've lived in most of my life yeah and the thought that and then as you meet people from different countries or go on mission trips and you envision your brothers from Africa or Romania or Costa Rica or wherever Love and you go gosh man I can't wait to be in heaven with these incredible people Mm -hmm. and it changes your perspective but if you don't think about it you kind of live in that world where you think heaven's going to be like you yeah and it's not necessarily right it's just crazy yeah well, you've been on this crazy. You turned thirty a year and a half ago. Yep, thirty-one now. I'm, Gosh, I'm, you're so old. Um, and thirty is for me. I think I talk a lot. I think thirty for a guy in ministry is a pivotal season. God seems to crush people at thirty for whatever reason. Yeah. And we've talked about this a lot, but it's a season where God he did it for me, where He just re, kind of almost repurposes your life a little bit yeah. and re challenges you and makes you dig in and think mm-hmm. about what you're believing and who you are and. and what your life's going to be about and the whole nine yards and it's ugly yeah it's dark and it's not fun and it's but the other side of it is unbelievable yeah and you've been in that season for a bit and it feels like you're kind of moving on from that a little bit i'm not trying to get super super personal but right, right. Um, what have you learned as you've kind of navigated the changing of seasons just in age and, and life and leadership but also just in your heart because it feels like to me as your friend i've watched you navigate this season uh, with open arms, mm-hmm. but frustrated at times because yeah. that's just where life had you. But at the same time, still standing on the anchor. Yeah. But uh, is that? I, I don't have a specific question. I just know that's been a season of your life, and I thought it'd be cool for you to, because I know there's probably other people. Yeah. Who might even hear this? Who are in a season like that where they're yeah. navigating 
God kind of reconfiguring their life or their heart or whatever that might be. And as someone who's been through that several times, it's not fun. Yeah. <laughs> and when I told you several times, hey, man, on the other side of this, and you gave me that look like, just shut up. I'd be like, Chris, it's on the other side of this, promise me, man. It's, I just Trust me, it's going to be, yeah. you'll see that God allows this for a reason, but it's not. <laughs> anyway, and it's. And I'm not saying you're fully there because none of us are fully there. Right. But it feels like yeah. you've there's been some progress. If yeah. That makes sense. So, I know that's a large statement to ask no, a random no. question, but I'd love for you to, from your perspective, as you hear that, what comes to mind. Um. Yeah. So I I think what God's shown me. It, it, he's just revealing more of himself to me, and I feel like. And I, and I say that, I'm like, oh, everyone says that, and blah, 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 and churchy, churchy, churchy language, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. Um, but what God's really challenged me with these last few years is, um, so like I said, grew up not really knowing myself, kind of being a chameleon and doing all the things like that. But these last few years, he's really challenged me with, like, getting to know and getting comfortable and, like, really, ugh, embracing myself. Yeah. The that. good, the bad, and the ugly. Mm-hmm. And... That's hard to do. Yeah. No matter who you are, how old you are, especially the ugly. Yeah. Um, like, I've embraced my dad jokes now. Right. <laughs> right. And, and I laugh at them because yeah. I know I have cheesy jokes and I've yeah. been doing student ministry for a long time. Yeah. But I've kind of embraced it. Yeah. And it makes it, I don't care anymore. Yeah. But it's weird. Yeah. Because I still get to look for people. Yeah. Did you just, I'm like, yeah, whatever. On, on a on a similar note, I like I've learned to embrace that I'm from Alpharetta Johns Creek a little bit. Mm-hmm. As a black guy from Atlanta, it's not cool to say I'm from Alpharetta Johns Creek. Yeah, and like technically I'm not because seventh grade I moved here, so yeah. like I'm not really from here. But like I'm starting to claim that a little bit, and it just like it's it like I get that's, it. but that's a part of my story. Like why not claim it? Why not claim it? On the other side, of that, I feel like I have to defend where I grew up. Because people who live in my town don't know the town that I grew up in. Right. <laughs> and there's sometimes I feel like I have to get, I get defensive. I'm like, well, you, you know, when I was a kid. Yeah. I didn't grow up in upper middle class, mm-hmm. you know, wealthy income. Mm-hmm. I grew up in, anyway. Yeah. And so I feel like sometimes I'm defending this town I grew up for whatever reason, because I want people to know, like, hey, I'm not one of, yeah, which yeah. just doesn't matter. Yeah. But you just find yourself, like, in this weird, like, wanting to make sure, I don't know if that makes sense. Oh, yeah. That. Oh, yeah. So I get what you you're saying. Be, you're trying to control the narrative. You're 100%. You're trying to control the narrative. Hold on. Yes, that's true, but yeah. also, yeah. <laughs> don't forget, I'm a gangster. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> from Alpharetta. From Alpharetta. Mean Streets. Um, gangster SUV. <laughs> but I think, uh, you know, through the season, like, um, so Ron, who I'm sure you're going to have one at some point. Um, yes, he's the next one, actually. We had a small group uh, one time where he, well, we had a small group of guys, guys in their mid-20s, and Ron invited us over and cooked dinner for us and just led us through a small group. And I remember one time he he challenged us to pray this prayer. He challenged us to pray a prayer for God to break us. And I remember our small group was split. Half of us was like, oh, yeah, I'm going to take it to the next level. I'm a super Christian. And the other half was like, uh, no. <laughs> I'm good. I'm good. Uh, I'm good. And, but but what's, what's so cool, even in that, it's like there's some beautiful, brutal honesty in that. I'm not ready for that. Mm-hmm. Um. But be careful what you wish for. I was one of those who was like, oh, yeah, I'm be super question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, like, God has broken me these yeah. last five years in ways that I couldn't be more thankful for. Isn't that weird? It's so I, strange. It's And, like, even to the sense where, like, I'm praying prayers where I'm like, I hate you right now. Yeah. I want you to know that I hate you right I now. I remember those days. <laughs> and, yeah. but, like, 
I've never felt more alive praying those prayers. Yeah. It's been so much fun just being that brutal. And that, like he can handle it. Yeah. He's not offended by that. Not at all. Yeah. And so it's been cool to kind of almost come into my own with God and mm-hmm. like allow him to allow me to pre- appreciate different parts of myself. Yeah. The good, the bad, and the ugly. Even like the ugly parts of myself. Um, having people speak into my life and point out the beautiful parts of that and just saying, hey, that's actually a great desire. You're just approaching it the wrong way. Yeah. And so being able to reframe how I see myself, um, reframe how God is so gracious, but also, um, you know, I think back to my parents, like my mom, super, super, super gracious, super, super sweet, but then cross the line too many times, <laughs> boom, mm-hmm. my dad on the front end, like, uh-uh, do it again, do it right the first time. Yeah. But, like, there's, that's love. Yeah. And, like, you don't see that as a child, you don't see it as a kid, but, like, learning to appreciate that, like, that's been the coolest part for me in my, in my journey is, like, like, I'm in a different space with my parents, where, like, we're friends. Yeah. And, like, I get to experience them in a different way, but that's been able to transition, or, um, inform how I see God because like I now be able to repurpose all the things that I'm remembering that maybe I didn't like how they did this but you know what that was for my good so I can translate to God like hey this doesn't feel good God you're ripping some things away from me that I've probably been clinging too too tight to I probably don't want to admit that I've been clinging clinging too tight to it but if I'll be honest with myself I kind of was and like you probably should have taken that away sooner but (laughs) that was really painful it's it's like being able to say like all right it's reframed how I've seen God, and now it's a partnership almost with God. Yeah. But I don't say partnership in the sense of I'm equating myself with God, but I'm, it's a partnership in saying, like, like for so long I saw myself yeah. as not worthy and not capable and less than and just, like, I'm a screw-up. And now saying, all right, I may be all those things, but I'm also pretty awesome. I'm also pretty cool. Yeah. God's doing some cool things in my life. And he's choosing to partner with me. And really, it's it's a hand it's a, it's a hand up that I'm just being unwilling to grab. Mm. And the second I grab it, I get to walk into some really cool things if I let him take the lead. Man. And r- recognizing I'm bringing my own stuff to the table, he knows I'm bringing my own stuff to the table, and he's still willing to engage. Then all right, I can engage. And if I screw up, I used to tell my small group guys all the time, "You're gonna mess up." Yeah. Just learn from mistakes and just figure out new ways to mess up. But if somebody's done it before, you just learn from their mistakes. And, and don't none of them up. have, which is really awesome. Yeah, no, they're all perfect. They're oh, all wait great. a minute. Moving <laughs> on. But, but just, you know, you're going to mess up. Yeah. Figure it out along the way. But, like, man, what a great journey. What a great adventure. I get to figure this out with God. And You know what's funny is, and you and I have talked about this, when you get to the breaking part and you stick your hand up and you're like, okay, God, I'm done. Yeah. You think that's when it's over? <laughs> right? Like, like that, your brain's like, okay. like all right, now we can get to work. And you're that's like, exactly wait, 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 it. That was, wait, wait, no, we weren't working? Yeah. That was, <laughs> oh, wait, it's like, oh! I thought, we, I thought that God, was the I, hard I part. surrender. I'm done. I'm done. You got it. <laughs> you told me if I surrender, the, your yoke is easy. Isn't it easy now? It's no. like he's like, no, no, you're ready. Yeah. No, I'm going to get to work on you. Like, oh, man, what have you been? Oh! <laughs> I read your one more year. Which is, honestly, this season, I feel like you, you're not, I don't know, stepping out of the right way, but you're... Yeah, like you've been in that. Am I right to say that? Yeah, like you've kind of been in that cool, like moving. God, God's been shaking your heart in some yeah. ways. And yeah, and, and and even now, it's like I feel like I'm like, all right, you're done yet? <laughs> and he's kind of like, almost, nah, not even close. Yeah. And then the next breaking comes, but don't right. worry about that yet. You're right. Good. But yeah. I'm just honestly, and we kind of said this before we hopped on here, like I'm really just learning how to be content. Yeah. And just Gosh, so good. And and I don't say that 
you know, to say like, oh, like I, it's it's great or whatever. And like, no, they're still whatever. But yeah. it's just like, all right, God, I'm gonna choose to see you in all things. So even when things look bleak, I'm gonna say, all right, you know what? You're still involved, so there's got to be something good. So I'm gonna hang on to that, and this, that doesn't mean I still don't have to deal with a bunch of crap. Yeah. But and we wrestled with this last year in our small group. We read a yeah. book about Paul. Yeah. And we kept getting this weird spot where Paul was in jail for following <laughs> what God told him to do, yep. and had every reason to shake his fist or be mad or complain. Yeah. And he wrote the word content yeah. often, like I'm. Yeah. You know, I'll, here I am, God, use me here. And you're like, yeah. how can you be there? How yeah. can you get to the place of yeah. your own mission and it yeah. gets diverted? And, yeah. you, and you're like content, like to get to that place in your relationship with God mm-hmm. where things constantly don't go the way you want to yeah. and they're constantly sidetracked yeah. or frustrated or even being persecuted or hurt. Yeah. And you're content. Yeah. What? <laughs> it's like contentment feels like, hey, everything's right and at peace. Yeah. Not, hey, I'm okay with the brokenness. Right. And when it's a whole nother place of spiritual maturity, I think when you learn to be okay or or to dwell in the brokenness and be content, it's a fascinating place. So last story. Yeah. Last thing. Um. So to that point, like there was a big part of my life and story where that was rang true more than anything. Yeah. Um. I was mid twenties, living in Buckhead. My grandma was actually right around the corner from me staying at a like a hospital or like one of those uh, senior living hospice centers and, yeah, yeah my dad worked right on the corner so like well hospice was, is like not good that's like yeah, end of yeah, your life. yeah it, was a, it was a senior living okay, so gotcha, it, it gotcha. wasn't that bad it wasn't that okay. bad yet. it wasn't that bad yet um but um like i just remember like she was running around the corner from my apartment so i would go visit her on the way home whatever gotcha. my dad was there so you know sometimes i would check her so my dad could go home and all that stuff um well, she started just really bad dementia and all that stuff, and to the point where like, one of the last times I went and visited her, she like almost like yelled at me and like didn't remember me and like it was just like, yeah, you know, I, yeah, that, oh, that hurt, right? Yeah, and so like recognizing who I am and like that kind of hurts. So I was like, I'm not gonna come see you, whatever. And so like I ended up like not going to see her before I took a trip, and when I got back from the trip, I had a chance to see her, but I had some was just busy, went home. Long story short couple days later find out she passed away man and so like and my dad calls me in the morning lets me know and it's just just, ugh and like so this is the grandma grandparents who like I've been taking them to doctor's appointments since I could drive yeah um spending days that we go out to lunch take my grandma take my grandma to Piccadilly let's go like you know we go and I oh and eat some more take some home my dad (laughs) like don't don't take those leftovers she's sneaking in my pocket anyway love it like so I mean like get you another roll right exactly um and like I mean I love this lady and so it was so heartbreaking for me to have to like and then the guilt of like I could have visited her I should have visited her I didn't I let my pride get in the way I let my feelings got hurt and so I'm just dealing with all this and like I remember I left work early that day I went into work late Uh, they were gracious enough to let me go in late and like leave early just because I let them know what happened and everything like I'm home and I just remember my roommates were home they were in there watching TV I just went in the room and just started crying and like I'm praying and then like out of nowhere like my dad calls me just to check in on me his mom died and he's checking in on me wow love that guy yeah he's a good man <laughs> right um, and I'm and, and just so like I just remember, I just remember all those things but, but I say all that to say like I'm in that space right yeah a couple days later 
our small group, um, group of guys all my age, you know, we, we decided to go to night of worship, and um, I hear one of the singers talking about how when their, I think it was their son, was born, on his way out, his um, umbilical cord got wrapped around his throat and, like, lost oxygen, and, like, yeah. basically he was born with, like, some stuff that's going to go with him the rest of his life because of that tragedy, and, like, so, like, he's, it's, his life's going to be harder the rest of his life because of that. And, like, they're talking to him, and I'm just like, oh, my God, like, that's terrible. Yeah. And the way that this woman was talking about it, she, I, rem- I remember the line, she was like, and God gave us the privilege mm. of watching, uh, uh, of taking care of this special young boy. And I'm like, what a freaking perspective. Yeah. How do you have that perspective? And, and so I'm like, man, all right, if she can have that perspective on that, a mother having a perspective on that as she's giving birth to her child and like and like I, I mean it's tragedy and everything it's like man that child had a chance to come out healthy and like that out, like that sucks yeah let's let's just admit that that sucks yeah for sure. but her choosing to have that perspective oh, like that hit me I don't know in a place that yeah. hadn't hit me before and so after that I decided you know what I can't control what happens to me I can't control how people even interact with each other treat and I can't even like I can try and control my actions but sometimes you react and whatever but what I can't control is my perspective and my attitude mm. so if I need to apologize I can apologize if I need to say hey I messed up I messed up and if I need to say hey you know what I should have gone and visited my grandma before I left for that trip but I was hurt but at the same time for the last 10 years I served and loved that lady to the best of my ability yeah. And man, you know that she loved you. Man, thank you, God, for the privilege to do that. Yeah. And so, if I can have that perspective of, like, even in the darkest of time, thank you, God, yeah, for wow. the privilege to... Thank you, God, for... Hey, that guy said a racist comment, but thank you, God, for the privilege to be the one black guy that's not going to slap him in the face. And give we, him We've grace. said this so many times back here <laughs> on the porch, but I don't know how you live in this world without the hope of Jesus, man. Yeah. Yeah. I just it's so broken and it's so frustrating and it's so beat up and if I didn't have the hope of heaven yeah. I just don't know how you do it I really <laughs> yeah. don't yeah. and I'm not like just like glory be when I say right. that it's just like golly yeah. man this world will just kick you and kick you and kick you mm-hmm. and moments like that yeah. where I think the enemy pounces on moments like that yeah. and wants to attack you and wants to hurt you Yeah. and uh, man without the hope of heaven and the grace of God yeah don't know how you do it. Well, hey, last question for you. Yep. Um, you know, I talk about legacy a lot. It's yeah, the name yeah. of my ministry. It's a big, powerful word in my heart. So I'd love just from your perspective is a 31-year-old leader who's doing incredible things for God's kingdom. And who You get to interact with all kinds of different people, from students to people working with churches and people working with... I mean, you're, you're, you really have this really cool perspective of stages of life and cultures. What is... When you think about legacy or impacting others or influencing others, what for you, what does that mean or how does that play out in your life? Or what would you, what's kind of your <laughs> thought banner when it comes to yeah. the context of legacy? Well, um, not to be cheesy and, and, and shameless plug, but like honestly, as I'm sitting here, I think about you. And just like legacy doesn't mean the biggest platform, legacy doesn't mean the greatest following. The legacy means knowing the lane that God's called you to Mm. and being faithful. Mm. And so when you do that, 
God puts you in some incredible spaces. And so I just think about the spaces that you're invited to. Of yeah. Not even just like the cool people you get to hang out with, but the conversations that you get to have with young men that most people that most people are never trusted to have those conversations yeah. with. And so I think about legacy and I think about when I'm gone, it's not so much that I want people to remember me, yeah. but I want them to remember interactions with me. I want them to remember the things that experiences with me or, the, or, 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 or when they think of me, they're thinking of him. Yeah. And what's been really cool about watching you and learning and growing into and like, you know, you're like in high school, you're like, oh yeah, there's that guy. But then you kind of <laughs> realize like, oh wow, they do that too. And that, yeah. and that like, it's been really cool. And like to think of all the different guys that I've met in my own context, context that I can relate back to yeah. actually you. And we can have instant connection by talking about the back porch. Instant connection about talking about Jake, you know, JJ Carr. And so, like, when I think about legacy, it's not so much about what people talk about and and what it was remembered, but it's more just like the impact and the imprint you leave on people. And so, I'm just thankful that you've been able to model for so many guys that, like, hey, you can consistently pursue God and consistently stay in the lane that you have allowed God to reveal to you and then trusted God to stay in and just serve a generation and have an impact far beyond you could even imagine where you're just grinding for so years and then you look back and you're like, man, that's that's pretty cool. Um, So when I think of legacy, honestly, I honestly think of this back porch because people are going to be talking about this back porch long after you're gone. I love it. It's such a gift from God, man, that he gave it. Not a shameless plug. No, no, just, I appreciate that, I, I, dude. That's, I, that's, that's, that's life. And, that's life. And it's, it's 15 it, years, 16 years. Oh, it's it. cool. <laughs> and it's been fun. Just, man, if this back porch could talk. Right. Oh, man. Glad I can't. But, <laughs> 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 no, man, I, I love it. And, Chris, you, and I'll just say this to close out, man, I, I honestly believe you're living a great legacy. And your honesty and your love for people, dude. Uh, like I said when we started, we serve every Sunday, and I love watching you just, man, the hugs you give in the hall, and the high fives, and the way you stop and listen. Mm-hmm. You don't do the casual, hey, what's up, and keep walking. You stop and look someone in the eye and listen to them, and you make so many marks in people's lives because you are available, mm-hmm. and you're present, and uh, it's cool. It's been awesome watching you grow into the leader you are and the man you are, and uh, man, what an honor to have you be a part of the podcast and to, to share a little bit of your journey and excited about a lot of people getting to know you and hear you and um you can follow chris on all kinds of social media <laughs> yeah uh, good luck yeah good luck <laughs> finding him he is on the facebook yeah yeah well, that's about it that's and he checks it. it about once a week Quarter. yeah ish <laughs> yep. so that's about don't it don't find me i'll find you yeah exactly exactly <laughs> so uh chris is one of the rare 30 year olds that does not use social media mm-hmm. which is kind of fun but anyway dude it's been awesome having you appreciate you taking time to be here for having me. awesome Thank you.